We are four friends in three states across two time zones with a shared passion. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage Podcast, where we hit the fast lane to discuss our favorite drives from the track in the ice to the court in the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Talk Garage podcast. This is David, joined as always by Matt and John. We're happy to be back with you for another week here. We've got lots of football news coming up for you this week. Uh, so this is actually going to be the start of a new slate here. We are starting Season 2, Episode 1. Figured since the football season is upon us, it's time to go ahead and start a new season. Go ahead and get a clean slate there. So welcome, guys, to Season 2. Good to be back. Yeah, not just excited, but like super excited. We've been doing this for a whole year now. We made it. We, yeah, we, we survived the <laughs> year. We made it, guys. We turned the corner. We're kicking it off once more. So I'm happy you're back with it. So, yeah, season two is here. We're going to see what season two brings. Hopefully get some bigger, better things and kind of keep improving and moving on from where we were before. Uh, but we're going to go ahead, uh, as I mentioned before, and talk about some football, do some General sports news, and as everybody knows, college football is kicking off. Uh, we started with Miami and Florida, and then we got a whole slate of games coming up this weekend, so we're going to discuss some um, what's coming up. Uh, so let's go ahead and drop the green flag. And as everybody knows from this past weekend, uh, some news that really rocked the sports world, uh, retirement. That came somewhat unexpectedly. Andrew Luck just decided to retire. Uh, so just give me some what's going through your head. Like what happened when you first heard that? And has your reaction changed since that initial, you know, news came out? So my bears were in, in the, uh, what was that Saturday night when this all happened? Uh And, um, so, you know, obviously Andrew Luck wasn't going to play no big, you know, obviously no, didn't think twice about that. You know, most, uh, most starters weren't playing. So, you know, again, it's preseason, who cares? And then we're, what, into late third quarter, early fourth quarter, something like that. And uh, I texted you guys when I got it. I got this alert on my phone saying uh, Andrew Luck had retired. I'm like, what? And uh, then I, like, probably a couple of minutes later, it actually hit on during live during the game broadcast. And they start talking about it on the Bears broadcast. And they're as confused as we are. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, is this real? Like, Adam Schefter, he's like, he doesn't tweet you know, things that he's not 99.999% yeah. sure of. I'm like, there's, I'm like, this has to be. Um, and then they start flipping into the stands, you know, shots of the stands and you see just the reactions of people in the stand, in the, the Colts fans just freaking out. I mean, like guys want to pull their hair out. You got guys taking off their jerseys, you, you know, people in tears and talk about like, We'll, we'll get into it deeper, but talk about like setting a franchise a step back, whether it, it's good or bad, or, you know, we'll talk about injuries, stuff like that. But the Colts went from a 16 to one odds to win the Super Bowl to a 50 to one odds, oh. Oh. basically overnight now. So oh. that's painful. <laughs> yeah, painful is a good word here, especially with Andrew. Yeah, when you first sent that text, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's not real. It's a fake 
notification and all of a sudden I got it. I think the rest of us got it about the same time. And my initial reaction was what in the world is happening? And then after time to digest it, I've changed my thought process a little bit, but go ahead, man. Well, okay. So the first initial reaction as not being a Colts fan is, Oh Lord, I drafted somebody in my fantasy draft and that's (laughs) going to take a major hit. Um, you know, once we all kind of verified that this wasn't just an unusual source. Now, to John's point, you know, I flipped over to ESPN.com and you start kind of reading all the sourcing coming in, Twitter. I mean, the amount of professionals from the NFL and other sports that are tweeting in about him, uh, you know, quitting was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you talk about a giant social media outbreak. Uh, you might as well have said that the United States was on fire, but uh, you know, this it's, it's a crazy time for him to have made that decision. So I'm curious what other than, you know, the things he's been working on his ailment uh, injuries, whatever, what drove him to actually drop this bomb right before season starts? Cause that's not really fair to, really any of his teammates or any of the fans. Uh, I respect his decision, but you really just threw them in a bind. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you know, he had that press conference afterwards. So his initial plan was to tell his teammates after the game, have a press conference Sunday at 3 o'clock. But I guess somehow it got leaked to come out that night. So he just went ahead and addressed it. And one thing he said was that, you know, the past four years have been injuries and it's been hard just mentally exhausting he even think about the word retirement until about two weeks ago until it first entered his brain and then he's been contemplating that and he's talked with you know his wife and management some you know key trusted advisors and he just decided you know what it's not worth it i'm not all in i don't enjoy it anymore so i'm not going to just hold them hostage for their money thinking just sit on ir for the year and rehab and you know, give them the hope of I'm coming back when in reality, I know I'm done. So I'm just going to take out. I thought it was honorable afterwards. But yeah, talk about just kind of a bombshell for the team. And like, where does this come from? I'm sure every single person in that locker room was shocked afterwards. Well, you talk about timing. I mean, so I, I put some of this on, on Andrew and I put some of it on ownership. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck has been beat up over the course of his career. And most of that is due to the GM, Jim Irsay, not doing what it yep. takes to protect him. You you draft a franchise quarterback who, you know, we'll go through some of the stats here in a second, but an absolute unbelievable talent coming out of college, somebody that everybody thought originally was going to go to Charlotte uh, mm-hmm. when the Panthers had number one pick before he decided to stay at Sanford another year. But in the course of his career, he's had torn cartilage and two ribs, partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney that caused him to pee mm. blood. He's had a minimum one severe cut concussion, a torn labrum in his shoulder and arm, or excuse me, his throwing arm, which I can unfortunately relate <laughs> to very well. Uh, and I then, can relate to both labrums. <laughs> and then now this somewhat mysterious calf ankle injury, which that, and I don't, no one's been able to put, you know, their finger on what actually caused that. Uh, injury or what it was from and you know that that one's still still a little bit more of a mystery but I I don't I don't fault him for walking away from the game but if I was a Colts fan I would be pretty furious and I think 
in my opinion, if I was a Colts player or a teammate of his, I would be pretty furious with him based purely on the timing of it. Because, you know, at that point, like, then say this is your, your, your final hurrah. Like, say, okay, I got 16 more games in me. You know, maybe maybe a couple more if I can uh, if we can sneak into the the postseason. Which again, sixteen to one odds, they were by far the heavily favored to win their division, uh, which mm-hmm. obviously puts them automatically into the playoffs. Um, you know, once you get in there, you know they were people were talking Patriots, Colts for for the conference, uh, and then you kind of kind of flip a coin as to which way that game goes. Um, his teammates have got, I mean, you know, they all have been busting their tail over the off season getting pre- prepared and the, you know, just the, the destroying of your body to get ready for a football season and just trying to mentally and physically get there. And then to have, you know, your key player, the one that your entire franchise is wrapped around to walk away 10 days before the season, I, I would be livid right now. So I don't I don't fault yeah. him for why he did it, but I would be livid at the timing. Yeah, the timing is really what killed it for I mean, obviously he doesn't answer the fans, but I mean there's fans that support him, you know, the franchise, but really to his teammates, his coaches, the front office, all the people who have been there and kind of helped develop him, and then all of a sudden just says, Hey guys, I'm done. So well, if you yeah, I, I don't if you start entertaining the idea of retirement two weeks before you're getting ready to go, I appreciate you not wanting to drag everybody through another season of injury reserve and uh, any any other things that are going to hurt your season more than help it. You're telling me that you figured this out two weeks ago. Really? You've been going all summer saying, hey, I'm going to be okay. Look, I know when my body hurts. I know when I get to the end of a season, you know, and I'm struggling and I had to come back through another and you get into camp and you're just like, for college, you're just like, look, I'm dying, but I'm going to be fine. We're we're going to do this another year, making my commitment. Uh, I've had those guys that, you know, quit the team all the way from high school through college and they get, you know, that week or two out from the season starting. And all you can look at them and say is, you know, thanks for wasting our time. You know, we appreciate that you came out, but we depended on you for a position, whether you're playing or coaching and you just drop a hammer on us. How do you do that? Calling BS on his two weeks out. You know, honestly, even if even two weeks ago would have been better than this, but yes. you're right. That's yeah. the thing he's been saying all along. He's been telling everyone in that organization, "I'll be ready for week one." If you don't think that's mm-hmm. accurate, then don't say it. And right, the so. thing is, he's like he's not in a boot. I don't see any kind of brace on there. <laughs> he's walking fine. I don't know what this ankle injury is, but again, either I, I gotta again, I gotta put some of it back on on luck because you 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 got to be honest with yourself and you definitely got to be honest with your employer. And if you don't think yeah. you're going to be ready, then you got to tell them, you, I mean, you got, you got fans calling up the front office today saying they want their refunds back on their season tickets because they signed up with the promise that he'd be playing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, I don't know. They, they did this a couple of years ago when the, the season that uh, he didn't play at all. And, you know, yeah. they, 2017. Yeah, they kept saying, Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And then, oh, by the way, he's out the re- you know start of the season. Oh, by the way, he's not playing this year. He's going to be out the entire season. And season ticket holders were livid at that. So now that it feels like they they've gotten kicked in the butt twice almost. All right. So in his press conference, he talked about the mental anguish of 
injury, pain, rehab, coming back, and just this repeated process over and over for basically four straight years, he has not been healthy. So how much of that do you put on ownership for not investing in a quality offensive line to protect him or on the training staff for not helping him rehab properly? Or where does the majority of the blame go on this one? Outside of just the actual timing of the announcement. I'm going back to him. You know, again, we've, if you go through college and you're, you know, playing to that level, that caliber, and you know, you want to go to the NFL, you get drafted, you know, what's coming up, right? So you're behind this offensive line season one, they promise you they'll fix it season two. Well, that kind of happened. Season three still hasn't happened. Why aren't you calling to get a transfer? I don't remember anything coming up for him. I can be wrong. Why hasn't he called in for a transfer? Everybody else that's a big wig in there will call and say, Hey, I want to be, you know, I want to be sent to somewhere else. And you could be wide open about it. I was promised this and it never happened. Yeah. They're paying my contract, but my body means more to me and my career does. And me sitting here getting run over every week. I think that's very fair. Well, I mean, he's, I looked in, in his six years, uh, that he's been playing, he's been that I guess he actually played. Um, he got sacked 174 times during that. that That's time ridiculous. Period. Now I, I have a comparison to someone who got sacked uh, quite a bit more than that, but we'll talk about another franchise quarterback. To say <laughs> is it Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> uh, no, it's someone that might be near and dear to both of your guys. Are, oh, okay. uh, someone who uh, who's been hit, you know, maybe even more frequently than than Luck has, but yeah. Yeah, again, I put it – he's got to be mentally prepared. I mean, this is football. And I some of it, I think, has to do with his, his personality. You know, everyone that, that knows him says that he just loves the game and he's not a complainer and things like that. And so I think going back to, like, asking for, for a trade, I think some of that goes back to, like, is this just not his personality to, to mm-hmm. call out uh, kind of or air the team's dirty laundry. But so on that regard, I put that on, on Jim Irsay that – you know, I think what wasn't it like several, like four or five years into his contract before they drafted uh, an offensive lineman um, before yes. the seventh round or something like that. So they didn't take care of the guy. Now I'm not. There's that's the thing. There's two different things going on here. There's a, the, they didn't take care of him, and then there's the timing of when he quit. If he decided uh-huh. in June that hey I'm done, then yeah it would have been like we would have talked about it. Okay. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, injuries got him. It's shocking, but we respect it. Blah blah blah. But when you do it now, that's the big thing. It's it's the timing. But the team did not take care of him. They they screwed that guy. Um, you know, whether you like the Colts or not, you got to recognize that they. When you got a franchise quarterback and you let him get hit that many times, I mean, what the heck? They're lucky he it's got as many games as he did. So I think the biggest question with him is going to be what if moving forward as we get farther past this, what if he wasn't hurt? How long could he have played? What could records could he have sent? Could he have won a Super Bowl and kind of got that Peyton Manning-esque feel back for the Colts when they won back in, in 2010 or so? I mean, what if is going to be a big question on the record books for him? Well, I mean, you talk stats. So you're talking about a guy that took a 2-14 and team to an 11-5 and year, his rookie year. Most wins for rookie quarterback drafted first overall ever in the history of the NFL. His, he set two rookie single-season records, both in passing yards and in um, 
single game yards as well. So 433 yards for a single game and 4,375 yards for his season. Uh, 2014, he surpassed the great Peyton Manning for a single season record. Uh, basically, what, 61 yards more than Peyton Manning that year uh, to break the all-time record. Uh, second most touchdowns um, in the first six seasons, uh, only behind Dan Marino. Uh, third most passing yards in the first six seasons. Um, he's not that far behind Peyton, uh, just a little bit over 1,000 yards less than Peyton over six seasons. Four-time Pro Bowler. I mean, the guy was, what, essentially one game away from going um, to to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. This the guy has absolute unbelievable talent, which is why everybody in Charlotte was so pissed that he stayed. Um, <laughs> yep. Man, it, yeah, if he was healthy, you're talking about a guy that you have to put in to, to Tom Brady, to uh, <clears throat> crap Aaron Rodgers, to, yeah. uh, to uh, you know, Peyton Manning, of course. you got to put him into that category if he's healthy because his number is even through six seasons. He's already right with those guys. Yeah. And it's amazing just thinking all that he's done, even in that shortened time period, and just what could have been if you were not injured, but also if you were still playing for the next, I don't know, a few years. Because quarterback's that position where you can easily play into your mid-30s or even 40, as Tom Brady is flirting with now. I mean, because ideally you're taking less hits than a lot of other positions on the team. Oh, you're forgetting Brett Favre in that number. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't forget. Yeah, Exactly. So, I mean, it's that position where you should be able to play longer than most of your peers out on the field. And unfortunately, it did not work out for him in the injury department. Well, let's say Ursay again with not putting the right people around yeah. him. But at some point, it's a business decision whether you love it or not. If those guys aren't going to protect you, I'm, I'm ready for getting out of town and going to find somewhere else. And I don't know that anybody would really held it against him at that point. Yeah. So as you said, a business decision. So he's actually keeping all $23, $24 million of that signing bonus, which is pretty crazy that the Colts aren't wanting anything back. So he's taking that clear. So, I mean, he's going to go home, take it to the bank, and enjoy whatever life comes with next. Well, let's move on to another guy who's wanting to get paid, who's off the field now, but trying to get on with a lot more money. Let's go down to Dallas. What's going on with Ezekiel Elliott and his crazy holdout wanting to be a top paid running back well i'll say just one last thing on luck since you brought up contract situation not only does this screw him screw the team from a timing perspective but he still has a salary cap hit for the next two to three seasons so Mm. again this this hurts their ability to put other pieces in play as well so anyways all right down the dallas um, I, what's not to say we've been having this debate for the last couple of years around where running backs fit in. And, uh, you know, you went from a run heavy game to a pass heavy game. You know, the more we look at football at any level, we're looking more and more at, uh, a speed game and how fast can you move the ball down the field and an offensive game versus having more on defense. Um, you know, we've had all these greats, uh, you know, down the road here and, the stretch of the last you know five six ten years we've seen more running backs come in here but let's be honest you know if this is what he's aiming at which it it really feels like it is he's truly looking to bring up the fact that as you said quarterbacks last a lot longer running backs last a lot shorter time frame so they should get paid he's basically trying to equalize the field here you know if i can only play for five to seven years at my max and then I'm going to take 
you know, like a one-year, two-year signing at some other team. I want to be with this franchise, build this franchise around me. Uh, you know, they've already got Dak Prescott in there running at the quarterback, who's a pretty solid quarterback. But Zeke runs the ball and makes them heavily two-sided offense. Give them the money. Yeah, runner, running backs are almost undervalued in today's offense. So over the last 25 years, according to SportTrack, the average career of a running back in the NFL is three and a half years. That's not even to the end of your rookie deal if you're a first or second round pick. You're basically getting that rookie deal, and then you have no leverage afterwards. So, Because the I mean, running back they, position takes more pounding probably than any yeah, position on the field. it takes a beating. I Absolutely. mean, every yeah, single play you're getting hit. Whether you've got yeah, the ball either, or not, you're, someone is hitting you. Right. You're either running the ball or else you're blocking for that pass. So, yeah, there's a lot With of wear and tear on the body. And if you're blocking for that, then the guy that's going to hit you is at least got you yeah. probably by 40 to 50 pounds at, and Easily. a full head of steam. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys see yeah. that he, he actually finally came out and started talking this week? Yesterday or today, actually? Where was he, he at? In Mexico again or something? Still out in Cabo? No, he's still in Cabo. He's he's training, <laughs> but I, I'm really enjoying the fact that it was his his interview was with Maxim of all places. Oh, geez. And he had the talk. I'm sorry, it was yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's still out there practicing and and in anticipation that he's going to play this year. And so Jerry Jones, I mean, he's I have no doubt that he's going to get a deal done. Ezekiel may miss one, maybe two weeks. At the same time, if he were there in training camp, he's not going to play. So he knows he's not playing in the preseason. He's saving his body. So why not try to use his time to leverage for more money, kind of hold the franchise hostage, and just get your money while you can before, God forbid, he tears an ACL this year, and then they have no incentive to pay him after that. I mean, do you guys like the fact that the NFL has turned into this, like, if I don't get what I want, I just won't play mentality. I mean, we've seen it now. A couple of running backs, two, three running yeah. backs now in the last two seasons that have just said, eh, just hold I don't out. get what I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just won't play. I, I, I kind of hate that, you know, when we were growing up, the mentality was, you know, you, you played for your team. They, they pay your mm-hmm. contract. You play out your, your contract. You didn't see any of this, like, oh, I just don't – I'll take my ball and go home kind of mentality – I mean, I haven't seen the exact numbers yet, and I, uh, you guys correct me if I'm wrong if you've seen it leaked out, but I know it, they said that the, he would have been paid the second highest r- paid running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So the only person yeah, above him was Todd Gurley, um, yep. who's four years, $57.5 million, with 45 of that guaranteed. So, you know, that's, that's not a, a, it's not shabby. But again, no. for a running back, you gotta you gotta know going into the league what your value is. And just to mm-hmm. your point, a running back just doesn't have the value. When you've got, you know, two to three guys on every single team that, that can run and catch the ball now, you know, it's it's like next man up mentality. You know, you're you're not a wide receiver, you're not a quarterback who's who's on the offensive side of the thing is gonna get the, the most bang for the buck from a from a dollar standpoint. I um I don't know. I don't the, the Cowboys are in a sticky situation because, honestly, that offense doesn't function well without him. And no. as a pure player and the value to the team, I would say that Zeke brings more value to that offense than Prescott does. 
But obviously oh, Prescott's going to get paid three to four times more. So I see his point, but if you're, you know, if you're in Jerry's world down there, what do you what do you do? Do you pay him or do you call his bluff? I mean, someone's going to sign this guy. They're not he, this oh. guy's not going to sit. You just at no. idle. So someone's going to fork out the money. I think that Jerry's screwed. I think he's he's like against a rock and a hard place. I think he has no choice but to give him what he wants. Yeah, especially with, you know, recent you know, memory of running back sitting out and you know Jerry's going to have to pay him to keep him out on the field or else as you said Eventually, he'll be on somebody else's team, and Jerry's going to hate it that he could have had him out there. So, and how's this impact? You know, once he does get paid, whatever that number is going to be, how's it impact the future? You know, Melvin Gordon's kind of sitting out wanting a deal, and running backs in future is by upping the bar. The next guy's going to say, "Well, my numbers are close to his. I want that kind of money because that's what he got." I mean, all it takes is one guy to get a big deal, and it starts. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that with the quarterback level. I don't remember who the first one was. You know, several years back, but. One guy, you know, broke that hundred million, or I think oh, when gosh, a guy broke the eighty Stafford. million or something like that, we were like, "Holy crap!" And then it was a hundred, yeah. and you know, it just continues to go up from there. So all it takes is one guy to get sixty, seventy million, and off it goes. Um, but you know, these teams—it's it, hurting all these teams in the long run because of the cap situation. You, you, pretty soon, you're not going to be able to afford to have a running back and a quarterback and a wide receiver on your team. You're going to have to have scrubs in those situations yeah. or you're going to have to get rid of guys and bring guys in on rookie contracts because you simply can't afford to keep them around. I don't know if that's good or bad for the, for the league. Cause that means you're going to have a lot of turnover uh, amongst teams mm-hmm. who are, con- you know, players constantly flip-flopping, but you know, when we look at Melvin Gordon, you know, he's the other guys kind of sitting here waiting to see how the, the Zeke situation plays out. I, I hope he doesn't think he's going to get Zeke kind of money. If I'm assuming Zeke's <laughs> going to get paid. You're, you're talking about Gordon's played 15 more games in his career than Zeke has, but he has less yards, less yards per carry. Uh, they do have the same amount of touchdowns, and he is slightly better on the fumble side of things. But, you know, Zeke has almost as many receiving yards as Gordon. And then, obviously, when on the ground game, he's got more running yards, even though he's played 15 less oh. games. So it's crazy just to think, you know, what's going to happen and who, where's the pin going to fall? What's going to happen after that? And a lot of guys even said, well, NBA players are getting paid, but there's a big difference. You got 15 guys on the roster and here you got 53 guys you have to pay. And it's a, it's a hard cap. You can't really go over that cap. You got to divide it and have some equality in there. Yeah. Or nobody will go to games because it costs too much money if it isn't already. (laughs) Yeah. We're already getting to that point. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Two quick things here. First of all, things to think about Dak. And Amari Cooper are also looking for extensions at this point, but they're still in camp, okay? Uh, Not to mention that at this point, even if Zeke doesn't play this year, he still – they exercise their fifth-year option with him where he's going to get $9.1 million just for 2020. Uh So my other point is he's talking in this this maximum bid, and he actually brings up uh, Emmett Smith in all of this. So he's trying to say like, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I want to be a cowboy the rest of my life. You know, hopefully it's a possibility, but even Emmett Smith, yep. the great, you know, as he quotes, the, the greatest great running Smith. back ever ended up going Went to play elsewhere. a couple years somewhere else. And, you know, if you look at the timeline that these guys have, and maybe that is it, you know, you get like one or two major players and that's all you're going to get. And then you just pray that you fill in everything else for them. But, I mean, let's let's go back to Jerome Bettis, 
playing his last season where he never practiced. Not once. They kept him on because they knew they were going to make a run and they were Mm -hmm. about 80 to 100% sure that they're going to get this ring. And they did. But, you know, Bettis wakes up in the morning. He puts ice pack on his knees before he even moves. Then he comes, you know, downstairs, more ice packs. Then he goes over to practice, more ice packs. I mean, all he's doing is riding a bike for an entire season and then gets in the game for what? A handful of plays? plays. Yeah. But he, he was effective. Right. He cuts his contract down to be able to make it. You know, they make all that work for him. But that's it. That's the end of your career right there. And you'll never walk the same again. doesn't matter how much weight you drop, how much rehab you do. You're always going to be hurting like that. I think, you know what? It may be bad here. I think he, you know, they need to get paid the money for the number of years, or maybe they just start extending out contracts. Like, you know what? Seven year contract. Here's your amount. And then do something where if you're not able to play that based on this, if we go to seven, you get a smaller guarantee or we go to five and you get a higher guarantee. Your call. Yeah, well, you know, after 2020, the CBA is up. So there's already talk about, is there going to be a lockout? What's going to happen with that? So that's going to be interesting to see what each side brings to the table, what they're willing to compromise on. And just kind of speaking of the CBA, something that's been really funny about helmets recently. Oh, boy. The good old Antonio Brown. And one question for you. Are his off-the-field antics worth his on-the-field play? Well, I mean, the guy's played in 130 games. (laughs) He's got over 11,000 passing yards uh, 837 receiving yards. So basically, he's been over the 100 mark since what 2013 and beyond. Um, you know, 74 touchdowns. I don't like the antics. Now, it has, I usually don't watch hard knocks, uh, typically not my thing, but I have <laughs> been tuning in every week, although I think it came on last night and I haven't been able to watch it quite yet, but I'll definitely be tuning in. Um, because between him and Gruden, it, it has been actually an entertaining combination of, of things going on over there. But it's another thing, man. I mean, you talk about – it's all gone back – this whole entire episode so far has been about money and been about injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, at one point, you got to – on one side of things, you got to say, okay, yeah, I can't fault a guy for wanting to get paid and, you know, wanting to, to, to have what he wants. And then at the other side, you got guys that are – you know, cutting their deals down so that the team can have more money, you know, taking a pay cut, rearranging, you know, redoing a contract so the team can have more money to fill in other gaps. Uh, and then you got these other guys out here that are, you know, wanting to, to make all this, this money. But when it comes to Antonio Brown, it's not, I mean, it's, I don't even know if the, the whole Steelers thing was a hot mess, just oh, drama, gosh. drama, drama. And, you know, it's, you know, Ben, big Ben talks about how he regrets how it went down because, you know, he had, he and mm-hmm. Antonio were, supposedly pretty tight and now you know they i don't think they're even on speaking terms anymore um so he regrets and kind of wishes that he hadn't called him out uh, in the season but it's just i mean his his on the field value is yes but you know they came out what last week the the gm of the raiders and said okay it's time for antonio to either be all in or all out yep uh mm-hmm. gruden has been kissing his butt this whole season according to you know <laughs> I, i'm sure there's some healthy editing going on there at the hard knocks oh, of course but, but it looks like Gurdon's been down his knees kissing butt, you know, every stretch of the way. Oh, you know, whatever you need, Antonio, you know, because this offense is screwed if you don't play. Um, <laughs> he knows that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's like the foot thing is one thing. I mean, 
I don't know if that's if that's just a fluke or if Antonio was just being an idiot. Yeah, he was just being an idiot. But the helmet stuff, man, I mean, I get it. You don't want to wear something that's not comfortable. But, you know, the league's got to take a stand, too, because they're getting sued out the wazoo, they and they're getting such a terrible reputation for concussions. You can't – they have to, like, legally protect themselves now because they've mm-hmm. paid for it so much in the past. So – I don't. I don't fault them for for drawing a hard line in the sand and saying no. We're not going to yeah. allow this. Okay, but let's yeah. let's talk about that in in quick brass tacks here. You're telling me that with the giant amount of money that they're paying to lawyers to keep them out of court to keep these lawsuits down because the U.S. is so happy in so many ways. As an adult, Antonio Brown or. Um, uh, who else had the helmet issue this year? Uh, Tom Brady or anybody else who's super locked into their helmet. For whatever reason, I don't care if it's sentimental or you feel like it's lucky, whatever the reason, they are grown adults. Everybody else can get away with just about whatever by signing an exemption contract. I understand and I am not, you know, liable or I don't hold anybody liable because I'm going to wear this helmet. If I get a concussion, I'm on my own and I go through my own stuff. You know what? If you're out and I would just put that in his contract. If you can't make it because of a concussion, um, we're going to dock you X amount of dollars. Call it a day. He's an adult. Let him sign. Problem is you got the CBA that both sides agreed on. So, I mean, you have to find something that fits within the CBA. One and another loophole he's trying to do right now is so his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, has actually said two helmet companies, he didn't say who, have actually reached out to say we will specifically design a helmet for Antonio Brown and we will pay him to wear it. Basically, he's going to become the spokesperson for some helmet company, whether it's Rydell, Shoot, or somebody else. And he's going to get a helmet that you know fits in the CBA because it's new, but is designed to be like the old helmet he had because you know it's comfortable, he can see out of it, he's used to it, whatever the factor is. Man, it's just like a stinking so, tennis shoe. It's it's going to come back to they're going to custom build in one, which costs them all this money. Whether it takes off in the NFL or not, who cares? It'll come down to high schools and colleges that will want to have that, you know, and this company, whether they're big or up and coming, I'm going with an up and coming out of this. Uh, are going to throw their helmets in. There's going to be the AB helmet, and he's going to come out on top from this and get the helmet he wants. I don't know why I'll... this isn't a thing before now, honestly. I right. Mean, yeah. To me, you know, I, I'll flash back over to, like, uh, motorcycle racing, like something that needs, like, a protective material. You know, the, the suits that these guys wear are laser-measured and custom-made for each of them. So... Granted, I know there's more people in the NFL, and not everybody could afford that. But I, it is shocking to me that companies haven't come out and just said, "Like, hey, let me let me laser measure your head, and I will make a custom molded helmet that will fit you perfectly." Beyond, uh, yeah, anything. it's not like it's not like technology isn't there to right. you know AutoCAD everything from a green yeah. screen, 3D print this crap like in ten right. minutes. <laughs> So, I mean, this could be this could be the start of it, especially with this CTE is kind of a buzzword in the NFL right now. If this could potentially help prevent concussions or any type of trauma to the head, why not? I'm sure teams would be happy to invest whatever extra dollar it costs 
to keep their players safe and on the field. It is We're- shocking that like when you have something that is as critical to your functionality as your brain that we still have <laughs> basically we just make five different sizes of helmets and mm-hmm. here you go. You know, there's a couple of variations obviously, but it is shocking though that in in 2019 as much, you know, billions of dollars that the NFL has in their their discretion and these teams have that they're not, you know, coming out with with custom fit helmets. You got NBA players with they got their own sneaker lines. I mean, why, you know, why can't AB have his own helmet line? Well, let's let's I mean, just think about this. You've got you know, you walk into the place and helmets are what? 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks at max. Yeah, probably. I, the last time I looked it up, I'm pretty sure that's about it. John is a fellow motorcyclist. What, thousand dollars for a nice Arai? Yeah, I mean you get a Chevy Arai, something like that. Yeah, it won't be custom made at all. And yeah, you want a lightweight helmet, probably run you about a thousand bucks to have a really good helmet that is uh, snail approved that can take a side impact. Okay, so what's the difference between that and another drop in the bucket for the bigger players? You know, keep the keep the hel- regular helmets for the guys that aren't quite ready to make those big cuts or your lower level guys. I, I can fit in that and get paid a hundred grand to wear a th- normal seven hundred fifty dollar helmet. Pick me, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> or just open oh, no. it up for sale. Like even if you don't like, yeah. you can have your AB lines. You can have your signature lines for like your superstars sure. that you want to wear. But then you know, I don't see why these these companies can't just open it up and be like, hey, you know, if you're a pro athlete. And you got Just the money to over. spend? Come on over. We'll measure you up. We'll have you a helmet ready next week. The, I'm, you gotta think. I'm going to tell you one thing. The only thing that comes to mind that they're going to have an issue with is when they go send the helmets in to get reconditioned. Every year when they go to do that, there's going to be something in there that's going to make an extra cost because they have to stop and say, okay, this is part of our you know, preferred custom line, so we need to do X, Y, and Z to it. And I'm sure there are already long enough wait times if you're a major company. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens out of this um, helmet wise, just going forward. And if there is such thing as a customized helmet for players, but you know, kind of that whole thing though, as crazy as he is off the field, I mean, I think his value on the field far outweighs any craziness or antics is off the field and just the potential he can bring for that, you know, big play touchdown just to kind of kick the momentum off. I mean, the Raiders had to take a chance with him. Well, that's the other thing, too, going back to your original question. I know we got off a rabbit trail there, but, <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm a team that has a good receiving core and a solid quarterback and has offensive uh, cohesion, then, no, he's not worth it to me because I don't need a distraction. I don't need, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need that Tim, that negative Tim Tebow effect where, you know, I got reporters all up in my grill constantly <laughs> just because of a guy and what is he going to do this week? And what's, what's the latest on this guy? Like I want to report focus on my team and the team messes, the team mentality. And, you know, I don't want any kind of distraction about that now, but if you're a Raiders and, you know, you just gave your, your coach a hundred million dollars, um, gave your team away. Right. Yeah. You're changing, (laughs) you're changing teams or you're changing cities. You know, you got a new fan or new fan base coming in. I think in that situation, if you're like that, if you're a Jaguars, if you're a team, a Browns, which obviously we know a couple of us have predicted their playoff team this year, mm-hmm. um, but you know you're you've been in the losing ways, and yeah, by all means, absolutely worth it. 
just oh. that's very very dependent, I think, on what what your team is and the situation that your Certainly. team's currently in. Uh, well, as we talked about some different players in the NFL, before we move over to the college, we're going to head and take a quick break. Give some sponsors our airtimes. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Sports Talk Garage Podcast. We're happy to be back with you. And just wanted to thank our sponsors again. When you get a moment, go ahead and check them out. And we love working with them, and we know that you would too. So in the first half of the episode, we talked about some NFL news. And we're going to move over to college football. Let's kick it off. Uh, this weekend, we have a whole slate of games starting Thursday, Friday, and like 55, 57 games on Saturday. So you can just camp out, watch college game day, and just literally not move from the couch the whole afternoon and evening. Uh, but before that, we did have one game that's already played. Uh, Miami and Florida, in-state rivals, big history there. Let's kind of give a little recap of you know this big game and what happened. And uh, I know I'm like the only resident Gator fan in the house, but uh, that was a fun game to start of the year. It had yeah. me uh, had me sweating throughout the, that entire game. I uh, started on the TV and then had to transition to the phone as the, the missus and I uh, went out uh, <laughs> went out out to town or out to, to dinner around the town. So. Um, you know, I was trying to keep an eye out on my phone, sit there on, thank God the ESPN app finally works decently <laughs> for video, but yeah, I mean, Miami came right out, man, and, and punched four in the yeah. face a couple of times. And I'm like, my gosh. And then it just, it was a pure on battle throughout both teams. Yeah. Obviously looked really, really sloppy. Miami had, I think multiple, uh, delay of game, uh, penalties along the way. Florida looked sloppy. Uh, man, it was it was a barn burner throughout th- you know throughout the game, coming down to uh, the end of the fourth quarter. You know, Florida had that lead, but I swear they were doing everything they could. I don't know <laughs> if it was them or if it was the referees, but I think they had what like three pass interference calls in the last drive just to keep that thing alive. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, people are probably looking at me like an idiot because I'm sitting here screaming at my phone. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Maybe fourth and 34 and pass interference. And I'm like, come on. But I mean, Miami, I swear they dropped the, like they fumbled the ball. I swear I had been 10 times throughout that game. And the, the Gators like just could not get the stupid ball. Like, no, they were like, they tried a couple of scoop and score type things and that didn't work out. I'm like, just fall on the stupid ball. Fall on the ball. I don't need you to scoop and score. Freaking fall, <laughs> fall on the ball. Down. They're caught like it was fumble city. And I don't think I don't know what the final stats were on it, but I swear the Gators missed like an opportunity on probably seven or eight different ones where they clearly could have had it and didn't. So yeah, I mean, but it was it was a crazy game. It was good. And you know it's that first game of the season, national TV, the lights are on, you know, guys are kind of getting integrated from training camp to hey, this is it really counts now. So I'm sure there were some nerves in there. But yeah, that fake punt in the first quarter oh, on the yeah, fourth yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And I was I did not expect. It. I mean, they pulled out all the stops. So if that one game is a sample, it's a small sample size, but that's a prelude to what this college football season holds. It's going to be an exciting season for the next 12, 13, 14 weeks. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago with uh, Jack about Miami being back, and um, you know, I'll be honest. And on, on paper, I was like, well, Florida should roll through this game mm-hmm. on paper. But um, 
you know, I know it's not the start that Miami is looking for. And like I said, both teams were quite sloppy throughout the game. But, um, you know, hey, the, the AC, it, either Florida is not as good as they should be or <laughs> Miami is better than what they should be. Uh, and maybe the ACC needs to watch out. I don't know. We'll have to go back to our predictions a couple yeah. weeks ago. Well, I think you had a lot coming. Uh, you know, one of the things Jack Arm Priester mentioned was Manny Diaz, and he kept going back to Manny Diaz. And, you know, what a turnaround and, and show that they put on. Like you said, Florida made a lot of mistakes, and I think that they had the opportunity to shut the door early on it. Um, maybe we'll have to go back and listen to our predictions again here, but uh, I was pretty sure Miami was going to give – I was more concerned about uh, their freshman quarterback coming in and being able to put on a show for Miami, but – you know what? They they kept the game close. They made it really interesting and a lot of dumb mistakes, but they're in it. They, yeah. I you know with that kind of play, if Miami keeps that up, I think Clemson's going to have some issues coming through with the ACC, and they could be a contender for a championship run uh, for the ACC conference. Yeah, for sure. ACC better watch out, and hopefully, hopefully the SEC will have to watch out for my Gators. I don't know. We need we need a change of. <laughs> scenery over down there in the sec but um yeah it was a good one to start yeah i thought it was kind of interesting it's uh the first time florida beat miami since 2008 in gainesville um they won their season opener for the 30th time in 31 years franks passed for 254 yards which was the third highest total of his career and the gators finished with 10 sacks which was their most in a game since 1997 versus auburn I mean, you know, to the victor go the spoils, to the victor remembered in history, et cetera. But, I mean, these guys have technically been playing against each other since 1938. Um, and currently the all-time series is led by Miami 29-27. to 27. Yeah, this is another so, one of those that, you know, we've got a couple of teams like Carolina and South Carolina. You know, they've got this tradition going now where they're starting the season against each other. I think this would be a heck of a, of a game to play game one of every season, Florida, Miami, and, and uh, yeah. you know, given that slightly neutral location between the two and just let them go to town on it. You know what? The fans would love it, seeing that rivalry start out the season. I mean, what else could you want starting out college football? Either that or, like, rotate it, do, like, a Miami-Florida State next year and then a yeah. Florida State-Florida and, like, have the three teams really – there should never be a year where those three teams don't play each other. No. You know, that is far superior to just playing the cupcake game in, in week one just to kind of get your bearings. No, go all out, go play, have some fun, give the fans the excitement they want. Yeah, for sure. So well, I think they used to have the Seminole War Canoe Trophy, and now it's it's still a round robin of whoever's the winner of the three biggest, biggest schools, uh, you know, the Gators, Seminoles, or the Canes receives a Florida cup for being the other two in the same season. So I think we're already kind of looking at that, but you know, this was probably the best stand up game that I've seen coming out the start of the season. Yeah. You never know which way that 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 game is could have really literally went down to the wire (laughs) to the final (laughs) seconds. It could have gone either way. So Hey, Disney, this is your chance to uh, go build a stadium somewhere in uh, Mickey World and give us a 
neat neutral location to play in, then the winners get a free day at the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Got to make sure hey. that falls under NCAA guidelines. So. Of course. <laughs> Don't want to give away too much to those nope. guys. Only free snacks <laughs> twice a day. Hey, at one time you used to be able to give a player a bagel without cream cheese because cream cheese for whatever reason was off limits. Now they can have the cream cheese. So imp- baby steps guys. Making progress. All right. Uh, all right, so we're going to start something new uh, this football season. We're going to do a co-host predictions challenge among the four of us, including our producer, Chris, who's going to be in on this. So every week we are going to be given four games. Uh, this week we have four college, but during the season uh, we're going to have a mixture of college and NFL. It could vary depending you know who's playing, what the big games are. Uh, but we're going to have something going on between the four of us. And, again, this is purely for entertainment purposes only, so – don't go throw $100 on what we're saying and lose all your money because just don't do it. It's not going to be good. You're stupid. Uh, if we, we, you're stupid. If you, so. if you follow our advice, then <laughs> honestly, so, that's on you, but don't do it. However, so just, if you do and you do win money, make sure that you tweet us or something and let us know that our prediction was awesome so, for no reason. Pure disclaimer, <laughs> this is for entertainment purposes only, but it, all of our records are being recorded on our website, sportstalkgarage.com, so you can always go there and kind of see who's in the lead who we can make fun of every week for being in last place. Uh, but our producer, Chris, is going to send us four games every week, and we are either going to bet against the spread of who's going to cover or an over-under of point totals. So he just sent us uh, four games for this week. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first game, and you guys got to tell me you know, which team is going to cover. So game one, we have 11th seed Oregon in the Pac-12, Versus 16-seed Auburn. They're playing in neutral sites down in Texas and Jerry's world. Auburn is currently favored by three and a half points. Who's going to cover? Matt. Oregon. Oregon's going to handle this one. They're going to go down. They're going to handle business. They've got a uh, great offense that's coming back, and they've only lost one receiver major line play that all came back five starters uh one second all team guard you know i know it's a pack 12 but you know if i'm lee corso on this one give me the ducks all right john and you said uh auburn's currently favored by three and a half is that right three and a half yeah i gotta go with the ducks in this one too i think um you know i gotta make sure is that they don't lose by more than Three, four. So, um, <laughs> there you go. but yeah, I, I, I kind of think the Ducks are going to win outright, but I think that they'll definitely cover the spread. So I'm going okay. Ducks as well. Okay. So even though this is a neutral site game, Auburn is a pretty short trip down to Arlington. So whereas Oregon, I don't know. I think the fan base is going to be strong for Auburn. So I'm actually going to say Auburn's going to cover. They're going to win by more than three and a half points on this one. So I'm going to go the opposite of you two for oh, this. Oh, come on. Auburn's in transition. Give me and, a break. You know what? They, you know, we'll see who's right on Saturday. So, and as a fourth member of this, Chris is also going to go. Auburn is going to lose by three or win outright. So he's going nice. to feud, feud two over there. So I guess this game alone, we'll see who's going to take the lead. <laughs> yeah, so, we're either going to have a three-way tie right there. Or, uh, <laughs> or else right. I'll just Starting retire, retire early. So game two. Do we need um, to have like a Kirk Herb Street award? Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So game two, Alabama in the SEC playing Duke in the ACC. Alabama is ranked number two. Uh, Bama is currently favored by 35 points. So this is another 
<laughs> neutral site game. They're playing in Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So is Alabama going to win by at least 35 or will Duke lose by at least 34 or less? Mm. Or win? Are they going to beat them? I mean, that could happen too. I, um, I'll i go first in this one because I, I'm going to predict that Bama is going to win by Ooh. at least 35 points. Ooh. I think Duke is in a transition. You know, they got a – their quarterback position was really their strong suit last year, and that is uh, now currently a New York Giants. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think Bama is going to be a little pissed off about how last season ended. And, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Bama going big on this one. I'm, I'm taking Bama. Roll Tide. All right. Okay, Matt. Me and CT will have a field day with that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, good Lord. Well, um, it's your dookies. You can't not I, take them, right? I can. I can. <laughs> and I, here's what I'm going to say. I think Alabama's going to come out. I think it's going to be a good run for their – because I, I agree with you. I think Duke's in a major transition. I think they've got a couple pieces of talent that can help them play through the ACC. But you're stepping up into the national uh, title game here. And – I think Alabama's going to come out. I think they're going to run first string for a quarter, second string for a quarter, and then give anybody who's not a red shirt a chance to run against Duke. I think Duke's just happy to be there and get to say that they're playing against these guys, but I think they slow it down in the third and fourth quarter. I think Duke stays within the 35-point range. Okay. See, I think they keep two in there the whole time and maximize those Heisman points. Why? You get a chance to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, they college football Nick is weird Saban. like that. Yeah, Nick I Saban. mean, <laughs> it's all about playoffs. It's all about that resume, and yeah. uh, you know, beating Duke by fourteen or beating Duke by forty you, makes you a know, difference. Which one would you rather have? Yeah, if it's getting yeah. a little tight between the top four. So, all right, well, well all right. just remember: though. if they tie, I'm still. If they if they hit that thirty five point win, I'm still in it. <laughs> You're right. All right. So John's going to Alabama. Matt's going Duke. I too am going to go Duke on this one. I don't think they're going to lose by five touchdowns. That just seems like a little much in week one. Yeah. Daniel Jones is not there anymore, but I don't know. That just seems a little too much early in the season. I don't know. Maybe Alabama feel- hasn't found their stride yet. It's and a it's, feel good it's a game zone. of the year. It's a feel good game for Alabama. <laughs> so. I'm going with Duke, and Chris is also going to choose Duke by losing less than 35 points. So Dang. you're on your own here, John. <laughs> All right. So well, CT. Like, I'll, be, I'll be taking the lead next week. Me and CT. <laughs> uh, so game three, we have North Carolina in the ACC versus South Carolina in the SEC. Playing in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium, South Carolina is favored by nine and a half points. Who's going to cover? <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going Cox on this one. All right. I think uh, Mac Brown is. Hopefully, we'll get my uh, my heels back in in uh, contention one of these <laughs> days. But uh, I don't think it's going to be Week One. So no. Of course, uh, neither one of these teams are ranked. But still, no. I think the, I think the Cox <laughs> are gonna. I think they they're gonna. Yeah, they should be able to win yeah. by ten. Hey, look, this is how this is gonna go down. Okay. Are you going to pick a Tar Heel with with the recruitment <laughs> center? I'm sorry, the 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 operations center. <laughs> the cops are going to go in. They're going to get a fresh fade, and then they're going to go win a game. 
and then they're going to come back and they're going to drop a track about it. So I've got my money uh, on this one with South Carolina. Oh, man. I was hoping right. he was going to go heel. <laughs> I was, too. That would have been epic. Not with that much. Uh, <laughs> all right. Nope. So I, too, am going South Carolina. I think they're just going to steamroll over North Carolina by at least probably three touchdowns here. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mac Brown's not going to bring the glory back that fast. Uh, Chris is also picking USC to win by more than 9.5, so we're all in agreement here. Shocker. Job, guys. Shocker that Chris is going to pick South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last game of the week, we're actually going over under. Uh, we have Houston and Oklahoma. They're playing uh, Sunday. So they got the late game at 7.30 p.m. Over under is 82.5 points. Oof. Together. Will they score at least 82.5 or go under that? I'm going to pick under on it. Right. I don't know a whole, whole lot about either of these teams but in their current lineups, but I don't know. That's a whole lot of freaking points combined. Uh, I'm going to go under. Okay. I'll be honest. I didn't research this one that much. Uh, I'm going to say under. All right. So these are two high-powered offenses, the Cougars and the Sooners. So I'm actually going to go over. I think they're going to cover that 82.5. Nice. It's going to be an offensive shootout. You know, it's – that Big 12, you just firepower, just throw all the way. So there's no defense on either team. So I think it's very, very plausible that could happen. That's a um, Sunday however, night game, right? Sunday night game, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. So prime time, too. Chris is going with you two, though. He thinks they're going under 82.5. So I'll take the lone pick on that one going over. Mm, that's going to be so, good next week. We got so lots of shakeups here. A lot of shakes, lots of options here. So, as I said earlier, um, we're going to keep track of these scores and uh, post them on the website, sportstalkgarage.com. So, you can go there and check it out. And it's going to be updated on a weekly basis so we know who's winning, who's losing, who to make fun of every week, especially if one of us falls back by a long shot. So, one question um, as we kind of wrap up tonight. Going back since we are in college and the season's kicking off, everybody loves the Heisman. You kind of know it's that quarterback award. It's going to be very difficult for anybody else to really pick at that. Uh, is Tua or Trevor Lawrence going to get it? Where are you going with the field this year? Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I think if you're actually looking at what we've talked about while covering the SEC and the ACC – I'm having a hard time with this because, you know, I think the field has a better chance. I think that we're going to see Tua possibly take an injury this year, and that's going to hold him off of the Heisman. But wow. I I okay. also think that Trevor injury Lawrence prediction. is going to end up falling behind somewhere in there due to a couple games that they're going to lose. So I'm I'm going to go with the field. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think two is due for one, but I feel like on paper that uh, Trevor is probably – I like – I feel like – yeah, I feel like on paper I think Trevor is a better quarterback than Tua, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I could go either way. I'll go Trevor on that one. Okay. So I'm actually going to go Trevor Lawrence as well. I think he's going to beat out Tua just by a little bit, and especially I'll take both of them over the field anyway. So see – I don't know, 18, 19 weeks from now, if either of those predictions are true. <laughs> so I'll have to remember that. So we're going to drop the checkered flag. Uh, final thoughts, guys. What's on your mind tonight? 
I'm just excited that we got our producer to jump in on some of the conversations here. I mean, we've had him in on what two episodes total, but uh, it's it's exciting when we get to talk to him and he's getting fired up about dropping some predictions. So we were we're excited to get him as as interacted. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, fantasy football kicking off thing next week with you guys and uh, mm-hmm. our PPR league. Uh, seeing if, uh, <laughs> see if I don't remember who won last year. Uh, wasn't any of us. I do remember now. It was yeah. not us. And uh, I did make a playoff run, so that, that wasn't too bad. But <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I got beat by uh, our producer's wife, if I'm not mistaken, probably pretty mm-hmm. handily. So um hopefully better luck this year and then a thrilled uh freaking formula one is finally back after a month break so they're in uh spa in belgium this week so looking forward to that that'll be my college football and f1 mm. will be my weekend, weekend. For sure. i hope it and rains then, uh, i want to see those guys tear oh, yeah. up in the rain <laughs> yeah al rouge in, in the rain is uh like nothing else so yeah that'll be cool uh, so quick prediction, John ends up with uh, Mitch Trubisky and Zeke Elliott in the draft. <laughs> you know, Out of left we got field. A, we got a keeper. It's a keeper league, and I, I do have a, a uh, running back that you guys are quite fond of. So Ooh. that that might Ooh. actually end up being my first-round pick. Your, your uh. boy in Carolina, Mr. Uh, Chris don't do it. over there. So don't do it. Ooh. I don't know who's going to throw him the ball, but uh, <laughs> he might be. Yeah, it's to of, be determined. He might be getting a lot of uh, short out routes, whether you know whether it's Cam yeah. or, or your backup. So we'll see. And as John mentioned, fantasy football. I'm in two leagues this year, so we had one draft this past week. We got our draft coming up this Tuesday, so I'm looking forward to that and hopefully winning. I don't know. I haven't won this league in. Four or five, six years. It's been a while. So I'm a little overdue oh, don't for even that. Start with me. I I won the <laughs> inaugural year and haven't done crap since. I barely made the playoffs half the year. So now that we have a legit trophy in place, I think it's time that bad boy come back to Chicago hey, and find it. We do have home. a legit trophy. It's sitting on my dresser right now. I think my wife's joining so, this year as well. So you know, we got got a, a two for odds in uh, bringing the right. championship okay. to well, Windy City. You can pay for shipping for it. It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing's made out like solid gold, oh, I think. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> hey, we're uh, just kind of curious if any of our listeners are paying attention. We kind of tossed around the idea of maybe doing this with our listeners next year. So, if you have interest in uh, jumping into a fantasy league with us to show us up and, um, you know, get some acclaim online, feel free to uh, send us a message and tell us what you think. The inaugural Definitely. sports talk garage. There we go. I think we could get something together. We'll have, there. To, get, we'll have to get a trophy out. <laughs> That'll be fun. No, for so, sure. Guys, it's been fun. We're starting off season two with a bank. So, got some football going. It's coming up. So, this weekend's going to be fun with that. Racing's going on. So, it's a good time of year. Weather's going down with fall around the corner as well. So, yeah, thank you to Andrew for retiring for uh, just in time for week one of season two yeah, for us. So, I appreciate that. Certainly. Not when I have yeah. T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> sorry for you that's (laughs) and with that note we're going to go ahead and sign off for the night so it's been fun guys and i'll see you next time take care bazinga thank you for listening to today's podcast if you'd like to have your sports related question or comment featured on the show please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com 
Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at SportsGaragePod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.